Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, how's everyone doing this fine Monday early afternoon like i said it's a little afternoon here in pittsburgh belly up to the bar man let's talk week three almost all of it's in the books we got a pretty good game coming up tonight i expect a lot of points in that one um we, we previewed that on friday if you want to hear more about falcon saints go check out friday's show I, I got the saints in a barn burner though in that one i just think uh, no defense, lots of offense, both teams. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, lots of points. Hopefully we get that, and that ends up being a fun fun watch for all of us this evening. We will break that down tomorrow, though, no matter how it goes. Um, it is Monday, so that means we are going to go over a lot of, or, you know, a fair amount of action as, as in tomorrow of breaking down different games around the league, uh, digging into them a little bit. But again, I urge you, if you want really specific talk from your favorite team or whatever go to locked on the locked on network and go to locked on chiefs or locked on bears or wherever it is that you love and or you know you're or you hate your your opponent your 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 heated rival you want to see what's going on get in their camp get in their ears see what's going on there that's another good strategy um as usually what's going to happen on mondays i've told you guys this is I'm always going to break down the Sunday night game because all eyes were on it, even if it wasn't a great game. Pretty much always going to break down the Steelers game too. Sorry, but such is life. I have to be on that top of that game more than the others because of my local commitments here. Um, and then because of that, I kind of stuck with that theme and figured we would also break down Buffalo, Arizona with the, you know, kind of get some feedback from you guys, which was worse. You know, all credit is all. I mean, we will give. Trust me, I'll give plenty, plenty of credit to the Bills and especially the Eagles. But what was worse, the, the Cardinals' performance or the Steelers' performance? I tend to think Pittsburgh, just because it wasn't a cross-country road trip, but a ten o'clock start and all those things. But man, I mean, these were two teams, and still could be. You know, we thought might even meet in the Super Bowl. You know, the Cardinals and Steelers, and they got shellacked. They got crushed and. Uh, you know, obviously time to worry. I mean, I, I think in some ways those games are fluky. By no means do I think that Pittsburgh or Arizona is all of a sudden a 7-9 and nine type of team. But, man, that's scary. It's scary for them. Very encouraging for the Eagles. A somewhat of a season-saving win for the Bills as well. Uh, we're also going to do all the injuries from the week, too. Let's start there. I guess we'll start there. And that's... Not one to talk about, you know, but I think that's something we have to handle every Monday is who are some of the main guys that went down. Um, and all in all, this week wasn't that bad. You know, I mean, last week, I mean, all you guys that play fantasy football, you lost both your running backs and you lost, you know, there was a lot of bigger name injuries a week ago than there was today. Um, the biggest one I think we need to monitor at this point now, though, is Russell Wilson. And, and he came into week three with an ankle. And then he hurt his knee uh, on a hit by Eli Harold in that game. And we saw a lot of Travon Boykin in, in, late in the game. Um, 
should you just shut them down? I mean, there's, I know there's an MRI coming, so maybe there's more news by the time we all reconvene or by the time you even listen to this. But I wonder, it's like, their defense is so good that I think a rookie quarterback that, you know, hands the ball off a high percentage of the time and doesn't screw it up could keep them competitive. But man, it just seems like Wilson's going to be hurt all year unless you shut him down for a week or two. This is the this should probably be about the biggest story of the week. So uh, I'm not going to tell them what to do. Obviously, now you know Monday at noon, uh, we'll see what other news comes out. But it's something to monitor for sure. And they got to get him healthy. I mean, really, instead of just throwing him back out there, and he's a tough guy and he wants to play, but they got to get him healthy. Um, two injuries from last night's game. Uh, was Des Bryant looked bad, but he was okay. Yeah, I mean, he limped off the field, and he he said he was, it looks like he'll be okay. So it wasn't that big a deal. It looked like they avoided a big scare there. Um, Jeremy Langford, the the Bears starting running back, uh, he injured an ankle. It was the third quarter, and you know Jordan Howard came in. At that point, there was no time, no reason to rush Langford back. I think he's a well below average starting running back anyways. Um, some of the other defensive injuries, though. Uh, the Redskins. Uh, Hall, D'Angelo Hall, injured a right leg. Um, and he had a torn ACL. So that's a big deal. I mean, he's a formerly overrated but still good corner, now turned safety. And uh, Brashad Breland... Breedland's a good corner, by the way, but he's pretty much known as the corner, the opposite Josh Norman now. I mean, that's really what it should say on his back instead of Breedland is I'm the corner opposite Josh Norman that everyone throws at. And he, you know, he he aired his uh, ankle in in the first game too, and was out for the game too. So this secondary, besides Norman, isn't that great to begin with. They lose Hall, they lose Breedland. Pass rush hasn't been wonderful either. That's problem times in Washington, and the Redskins got to win, but I can't say I have a lot of encouragement for their season. That's for sure. Um, Deshaun Jackson was also injured in this game. See if there's what's going on with that as well. Um, there are some other defensive ones here. There was a couple bigger ones. Manti Teo, again, he's probably a bigger name than he is player, and he could get Wally Pipped. You young guys probably don't even know what that is. He tore his Achilles in this game. Um, but the Chargers drafted two inside linebackers in this past draft, two rookies, uh, Brown and Perry. Uh, I could see one of those guys taking over, stepping up, and Teal never really even regaining his starting spot for the Chargers when he does come back. Torres Achilles, bad one. So that's bad, obviously, for him. Um, not that he's a terrible player, but they have some guys there to get excited about. Uh, we are going to talk about the Steelers. And not making excuses for my hometown team, but the injuries were a major problem for them on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Timmons, he, Lawrence Timmons, he's their basically their defensive captain, a very young defense. Um, he's the one that gets everybody, kind of quarterbacks the defense. Uh, injured his shin, missed the majority of this game. Who knows how bad that will be. Uh, Ryan Shazier came into this game, the two linebackers, you know, the two inside guys. Uh, he was banged up coming into the game, got further injured, played horrible, played injured, whatever, but he was a bad player in this game. Uh, that was a huge problem for them. And then a guy no one knows about is Robert Golden. He's a safety for the Steelers. Uh, he, he injured his hamstring and, and then didn't come back either early in this game. So 
strong safety inside linebacker, middle of the field uh, injuries for the Steelers were a big problem for them in this game. A big, big problem for them in this game. I don't think I'm missing anybody else. William Hayes injured his ankle with quality starting type defensive end. He was carted to the locker room, but but he did return back. Uh, Eli Apple, the first round pick, uh, he injured his hamstring. He left the injury. Eh, uh, I don't have a lot of news on this one. I, I guess he was limping, and, and so was Rogers Cromartie. So, you know, Apple didn't come back to the game after his hamstring, and Rogers Cromartie was limping around pretty bad after the game. That, that's a big deal for the Giants. I mean, that, that defense is built on defensive linemen and long cover corners, man-to-man type corners. They throw more at you than that. But, they, you know, one of the things about the Giants, we've talked about this a lot, is they're a top-heavy team. Their roster doesn't have much of a middle class, and if they start to lose some of their upper class, they are not furnished well to cover up for that those deficiencies at all. Little depth on that team. Three games after talking injuries, Dallas, Chicago. This one wasn't very, wasn't a great game. You know, I mean, Dallas is Dallas did what they had to do. I think this is a positive sign for them. That at home they they dismantle a lesser team. Uh, I think the Bears, I've said this several times, are probably picking in the top five. Our power ranks will reflect that. I do think there's some things to get encouraged about with the Bears long term. But it's going to be a long year in the meantime. Dak Prescott looked like he was in total demand. He's in total command. He totally uh, was very, very comfortable in this game. Stands strong in the pocket. You know, not oblivious to pressure, but um, certainly doesn't disrupt them. Keeps his eyes downfield. Not frenetic. He's not bouncing around in the pocket. Stands strong. You know, manipulates the safeties and, and handles his business that way really, really well. Doesn't panic with bodies around him. He, he, you know, he's, he's been very impressive. He's got 99 throws without an interception. Pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, uh, is, is, is his degree of difficulty throw super high? No, but that's okay. You know, 99 throws on interception. I mean, teams that aren't turning the ball over are winning. I mean, that that's not a shock. You know, I mean, this game was basically over at halftime. It was 24-3 at the half. And as you would expect, Dallas was just controlling the time of possession, controlling the flow of the game. The Bears couldn't do much on, on offense at all with Hoyer. Um uh, somewhat of a coming out party on a national stage for Ezekiel Elliott. Looks like things are slowing down for him. He still remains a, a force as a dump-off type receiver and in protection. But ran really well. Ran strong. Finished his runs. Didn't have the long run, but could have almost broke a few. Um, but still had a very, very big game. The Bears just aren't competitive right now. You know, I mean, especially without Cutler. And... and not that Cutler's great, but he's a NFL starting quarterback, and it's hard to compete with your backup no matter who you are. Um, I didn't think Hoyer was terrible. I mean, he's clearly an NFL backup, and probably a decent one. I mean, a good one if you're ranking the, the NFL backups. He didn't complete a pass longer than 10 yards during the first three quarters of the game, though. I mean, that's hard to win that way. Um, but again, I mean, uh, some positives from the Bears. Not necessarily even this game, but I think they need to feature... Uh, Jordan Howard, you know, we mentioned the Langford injury. Um, not that I love Howard, but I think he could be, and he really wasn't great in this, to be very honest, but wasn't a lot of running room. Um, 
but I just don't think Langford's the answer. I, I think they need to find out if Howard is the answer and, and make him the man. Uh, Kevin White, they really need to accelerate his learning curve as best possible, and I think that's exactly what they did in this game. They threw his way a lot. I would say it's the best he has looked yet from a movement standpoint, explosion, strength, and you know movement ways. Still was very up and down. Uh, I think that's how this season's going to go. But you know, with Alshon Jeffrey going to be a free agent again of the year, uh, are you going to bring him back? You know, he's going to be very, very expensive. Uh, they need to know more about White and Howard, and they need to give those guys a lot of time on the field the rest of the way. What else to take out of this one? Uh, I think we've talked about Byron Jones. I, I think he's an utter star in the making for the, the Cowboys. I think he'll be one of the top defensive backs in the league before long, probably already on that path, played very well in this game. A total combine freak. You might remember him. His long jump was, you know, like, world-class at, at the combine and he plays up to those athletic ability a very versatile player too uh, another young dallas cowboy to get excited about i mean a couple of these young guys on this roster they've drafted pretty well lately and they don't get credit for it um very little pass rush from either team on the uh, here and and we knew that was going to be a dallas problem even when the guys come back from suspension it probably still will be you know, uh, their pass rush is lacking um and, you know, the Bears are really banged up. Willie Young came and, and, and rushed the passer pretty well, but he's really the only name that stood out on either side of the ball uh, from a pass-rushing perspective. Um, both these offensive lines are good. You know, Dallas is, or didn't have Smith. Collins was replaced halfway through the game. The interior of the Bear offensive line has a chance to be very, very good. You know, I think for the long term, they're very set there. But again, they need more pass rush, especially Dallas. Uh, lastly, uh, Hoyer finished the game very strong. And you could say, yeah, it was garbage time, but uh, I thought the fourth quarter he played very well. So, you know, again, let's not do jumping jacks over that. All right, now we're going to talk about my home club, hometown team, the Steelers, and then we'll talk about the Cardinals' bills after that and wrap it up. I'm sure a lot of you out there are sort of anxious at my take on how badly they got whipped. I mean, it was a utterly and somewhat Steeler historical butt-whipping. You know, I mean, really, it, it, this game was unbelievable. And something we've seen through the Tomlin era is there's two or three games at the Steel every year, basically, that the Steelers are favored against a mediocre-type team or perceived to be a mediocre team that they lose or don't play well. None that I can remember to this proportion, though. I mean, and not not that this is really a factor, but the Steelers haven't won in Philly in like 50 years. <laughs> That's crazy, you know. Um, but anyways, uh, the Steelers are driving early. You know, uh, Big Ben makes a great play, hits Wheaton in the end zone. Wheaton drops it, which was, I think he had three or four drops in his first game back. And then the Steelers have to settle for a field goal, which is blocked so that first drive is a drop touchdown, a blocked field goal. Does the game go a lot differently if one of those two don't happen? Maybe, you know, but it was a bad taste in your mouth from a Steeler perspective right off the bat. And then it got worse. <laughs> I mean, it got worse. Overall, I'm not super worried about the Steelers. They, they do this two or three times a year. It's a really strong trend. We talked about those. Those defensive injuries, there, there was little pass rush. They're really, 
Antonio Brown did some good things, but overall, there really wasn't anyone that played well for the Steelers that I could find. I mean, so I don't know, and I'll, you know, I'll talk a lot about it around here. Is this was the kind of game you take the, the game film and you just burn it and pretend like it didn't happen and go back to what you're doing. Le'Veon Bell comes back next week. I think the Steelers will be fine. But I guess really the story, at least as much as the Steelers, is the Eagles. You know, where I thought, boy, they beat two of the uh, the worst, worst teams in the league. This would be an eye-opening performance that they would probably hang around with Pittsburgh at home and, and lose in the end or lose by a touchdown or so. Of course, that's not what happened. Carson Wentz is very much the story. And and I don't really even want to harp on Wentz. You know, you and I have talked about Wentz a lot, and I couldn't be more impressed. This was even his best game, you know, I mean, of his three games, he gets better every week. Uh, I've talked about how I'm super impressed with him from a valuing the football, intelligence, pre-snap, you know, head for the game. All those things are super, super impressive, super impressive. He was unbelievably accurate in this game, and a lot of it was short, and a lot of their yards came after the catch. But that's what the Steelers were giving him to, and so he took it, you know. I mean, uh, he did push it downfield a little and did fine with that, too. He was accurate at all levels. Um, he wasn't under a lot of pressure. Um, they did blitz him a little bit more than they have the first two weeks, and he handled that pressure extremely well. Uh, I mean, uh, checking every box for Wentz, A-plus across the board. Can't say I can, I've seen a rookie do this that I can remember, you know, starting the season this impressive on tape. Super encouraging, even if, the, you know, the Eagles do, quote, come back to earth a little bit this year. Obviously, things are very, very rosy for the Eagles. Their offensive line was outstanding. I mean, they totally owned the Steelers' defensive front. Um, from both perspectives, the Steelers couldn't get to the, the quarterback. Uh, they were abused in the running game. And one guy I just wanted to mention um, Lane Johnson, Lane, you watch Lane Johnson. He is a really good offensive lineman. He's one of the best offensive tackles in this game. I think it's pretty clear right now that he is the best right tackle in football. He was great again in this game. Just another guy to note. I mean, another young foundation player for the Eagles. Um, we talked about those Steeler injuries. You know, if you scroll back in the show a little bit, the inside linebacker, strong safety position, middle of the field was a real liability in this game. Um, and guys like Sproles and Smallwood, you know, Matthews was, I guess, more injured, and Ryan Matthews was more injured in this coming into this game than I think any of us knew. And he was out there a little bit early, and then they basically shut him down. Uh, they gave the Smallwood, Smallwood the rookie, they gave him a fair amount of carries. He led the team in rushing. Um, looked pretty good. And Sproles, I think, is... He's going to be a key member of this offense, you know, every week. He's still getting it done. What a fun player. What an awesome career for Sproles. Had a big play in this one. Uh, I think he'll get a plenty of touches going forward, too. Um, again, Steelers, one of their note here, Roethlisberger did not play well at all in this game. And I noted that he not only missed too many receivers and Wheaton with the drops, but there was three potential interceptions that Ben got, got away with. I mean, imagine if those three would have been picked, how bad this game would have got. Um, let's talk a little bit about Eagles defense. It's very clear, and I've been saying this all preseason, that Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Vinnie Curry and a majority of these front seven players that were drafted for a 4-3 
fit a 4-3 better than what Chip Kelly asked them to do. And a lot of those guys still played well under Kelly, but now they're actually really using their strengths. I mean, that was very obvious with Brandon Graham in particular. He's a great player, kind of like Lane Johnson. I mean, he should be talked about more as one of the better edge players in this game and isn't. Fletcher Cox does get the headlines and the big money. He had two sacks. He caused major problems. DeCastro had a tough time with him. Gilbert had a tough time, too. I mean, so generally some players that the Steelers can count on, like Gilbert and DeCastro, did not show up in this game. Nobody did for Pittsburgh. But I've come around that the Eagles do have a really good D, probably a top 10 type D, fast. They got a lot of bodies of football, aggressive. Worried a little bit still at the corner position. You know, Jalen Mills got picked on and probably could have got picked on even more. Um, are the Eagles contenders? You know, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. Um, I don't know. <laughs> really impressive performance. They're going to skyrocket up the power ranks. Certainly could be a playoff team. Certainly could win the division. I'm going to put that as the ceiling, though, for now. And, and I may change my mind again next week. That's the way this works. You know, we're not in the prediction game. We're in the analyzing game and seeing what we've done. They haven't turned the ball over all year. I mean, that's not going to keep up. I mean, as great as Wentz may be, which I think he's going to be, um, he hasn't, they haven't turned the ball over all year. I mean, they are going to – and I'm not saying that as a negative, that, boy, they're going to pick, they're going to throw interceptions and fumble, but they're not going to finish the season with zero turnovers. So there'll be more adversity to come, see how they handle it. One other little note I just wanted to mention. Remember the Eagles Brad or the Vikings Eagles trade of Sam Bradford? Both those teams are undefeated. <laughs> this is a crazy league, you know. I mean, neither one start, you know, who we thought those teams starting quarterbacks were 1 month ago, 6 weeks ago are not the ones leading their team and both those teams are undefeated. Craziness. But as the league was, I mean, I feel like week three kind of set the league on its head a little bit. You know, things I thought were trends that we could trust are starting to crumble a little bit. So it makes it fun. I mean, and this next game, just like the Steelers one, is I don't know what to take away from it. I mean, Bill's crushing the cards. I have fewer talking points and notes from this game. Um, you know, the... No Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I mean, the the Bills looked like they were left for dead. Fired their offensive coordinator. Is this just a, a a sudden burst of life before they you know inhale a big thing of water and go down with a, a lead weight tied to their shoe you know tied to their foot? They just come up in big gasp for air and then before they go down, is this sustainable? I tend to vote against the Bills, you know, where I, I can come around on the Eagles. I'm not sure I can come around on the Bills. But, man, they whipped the Cards. And the Cards are a good football team. And we'll talk about some of their concerns. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor was, he was okay today. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't phenomenal. I mean, didn't really convert deep. Didn't have much in the way of weapons to throw to with Watkins out. I mean, he had some big runs. But, man... Um, I thought the right side of the Bills' offensive line was really, really good, and that's surprising. I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth. You know, I mean, we talked about this a lot before the season, that I thought the left side of their line would be good, the right side of their line would be a liability. Right side of the line was really good in this game, and Mills, the right tackle, has been good all year. And 
he hasn't been good his whole career. Is that going to keep up? I don't know. I mean, uh, but uh, I'm just telling you what we're seeing here. You know, the, the Cardinals did have four sacks. Um, but I wouldn't say that, you know, Watkins or, or Taylor was under a ton of pressure all day. And, you know, LaShawn McCoy was kind of the story here. Put up big, you know, big numbers. Put the offense on his back. But he had a lot of big holes to run through, too. I mean, again, let's go back to that Bills right side of the offensive line. Uh, there was some quite a few runs where McCoy wasn't touched for quite a while. I mean, he ran through some big holes. You know, much like the Steelers, this is, you know, an embarrassing performance by the Cardinals. Um, both those teams, Pittsburgh and Arizona, I am not super worried about unless we see something again here very much on the horizon. Um, David Johnson was very good in this game. It's becoming more and more clear that he should be the focal point of the offense. Carson Palmer. Oh, man. I mean, this is terrible by him. I mean, and unlike Big Ben playing poorly, and Ben hasn't been great this year, you look at Palmer and say, did he just fall off the cliff? You know, did he fall off the cliff a couple months ago? I know he was injured at the end of last year, but is is he no longer the same? You know, I mean, the, the Bills' secondary was excellent, and we thought that would be the strength of their team, and they actually had some pass rush in this game. Um, but Palmer fumbled late in the game, four interceptions, throws he shouldn't make. I mean, he played really bad. And, you know, I saw the stats today, some of the advanced statistics. His numbers were actually a lot worse when he wasn't under pressure. Yuck. <laughs> I mean, he threw, he threw the ball 50 times and under, 30, under 300 passing yards. Again, the Bills secondary is really good, and it felt like Brown and Fitzgerald and those guys were covered constantly, and, and they broke on the ball well, and they made plays in the air. But, boy, you know, it seemed like one thing was working for their offense, and that was David Johnson, and the script didn't really let them stay with that. Another thing with their offense, um, center has been a problem there for a while. Um, A.Q. Shipley, who I, you know, grew up in this area and recruited way back when. He ended up going to Penn State and had a rough game, too, in this one, too. That could be a recurring problem, and you know, interior pressure is not going to bode well for Palmer at this stage of his career. They need to get that center position firmed up a little bit more. Um, another theme here, too, is I, I think this defense, and I've talked about this a lot, and I don't have a lot to back it up, that, boy, they're going to play well against these type of teams and not against these, but when, when Peterson, Patrick Peterson is the best corner league, when he can match up against Sammy Watkins in his prime or you know, against a top receiver, Mike Evans last week, you know, it seems like the rest of the defense then falls in line from there, where you play New England that doesn't really have a number one, or Buffalo without Watkins don't really have a number one. And I think the defense isn't, you know, it just isn't as well suited for that. You know, that they're they're suited for, all right, Peterson's got that guy, the rest of us will handle things 10 on 10, more or less. And when they don't have that option, that sounds weird. Like, I don't think the Cardinals would prefer to play would have preferred to have a healthy Sammy Watkins in that game, but I just think the structure of their defense sort of lends itself to that way. Uh, there was also special teams touchdown in this game, you know, which you can't have. Special teams has been a problem for the Cardinals quite a bit of of late. Again, uh, scary stuff here for Arizona, especially from Palmer. I just, I'm not saying he's done. I'm not, but I'm saying it's time to raise an eyebrow to worry about that and. Big picture, I think it would be foolish if the Cardinals don't use a pretty high pick on 
some sort of quarterback. You know, even if Palmer finishes the rest of the season extremely strong, if I were the Cardinals, I'd be looking definitely in the top three rounds to grab some kind of young upside quarterback. I mean, imagine if you find the next Dak Prescott or, you know, again, that's my probably wishful thinking, but something they need to address. I think both the Cardinals and the Steelers will be fine. I think they're both playoff teams. I don't think the Bills are a contender. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I see what they did. I get it. But uh, uh, I'm not a buyer on this team yet. Impressive performance, though. The Eagles, I have my eyes open that they might be quite good. So there you have it. We will talk about some more games tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031.18 and $38 per line per month for five lines with auto pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming streams, UDL, KHC 1080p, music to 1.5 megabits per second, gaming up to 8 megabits per second, subject to credit, $30 activation fee, prohibited network, use tools and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features differ, coverage and offer not everywhere restrictions apply.